Sis, real talk. Do you know what's going on with your money? This is no episode like before. This is a call for action episode where I'm appealing to all my sisters, to my mothers, to my daughters. Listen, it is time to truly level up your financial game. You're listening to episode seven of the Financially Savvy Girl podcast. This episode is devoted specifically for all my sisters, for all the women out there. Listen to the following stats and find out why I am making this call for action for all women of all race to level up their financial My dear sisters, today I come to you bearing stats with a call of action. There is absolutely no sugarcoating it. Nothing. Today we are talking bare facts and why I am making this call of action. Letting you know, sisters, mothers, daughters of ours, that there is no room for you not to take control over your personal finance. There is a gender inequality in financial wealth. There's a gender inequality in financial literacy and pay rates between men and women, all of which at the detriment of women. And while we have definitely seen somewhat of a, an improvement in recent years, which seems to narrow down a bit the wealth gap between men and women. I'm here to tell you that it is still an alarming gap. Despite the progress that you have seen, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. And you need to be aware of that. And you need to know what the stats are for you to know why there's still a lot of work, why you cannot afford to sleep on your personal finance, regardless of your marital status. Whether you're married, divorced, widowed, single, it doesn't matter. You need to be a informed participant and an active participant in your personal financial journey, regardless of what state you are in your life. The action starts today. And let me share with you why, according to the following stats, I'm appealing to your sense of responsibility to take control of your personal finance. When it comes to pay on average, as women, my sisters, we are still earning today in 2019 only 80 cents for every dollar that our male counterparts are earning doing the same job. And to make matters worse, let me tell you that the stats with regards to that are even worse when it comes to minority women. African-American, Latina women, Aboriginal women, and other type of minority women earning even less than 80 cents per dollar, earning 
on average between 60 to 70 cents per dollar of what their male counterparts are earning for the same position. That is problematic. That is alarming. And that should wake you up on its own. But it doesn't even stop there. 80% of women continue to earn less than men. To make matters worse, women typically have less in their long-term work pension plan. And the reason as to why varies, right? Sometimes it's because they take time out from the workforce so that they can have children, which it happens to a lot of us. And if you're not conscientious about buying back your time when you come back from maternity leave or even knowing how to do that, you may be losing tremendously on some of your investments. In addition to taking some time off to have children, as a woman, if you choose to take further time away from the workforce to care for your children, a right that you should have know that as well that your long-term work pension plan would be or could be less than your male counterpart and we also see older women taking some time away from the workforce to care for their parents women are more likely to take some time away from the workforce to care for their parents so these are just examples where we see how women, our long-term work pension plan becomes affected or less than our male counterpart as a result of these events that sometimes take us away from the workforce. Sis, I'm not even done yet. According to statistics, on average, women further live seven years longer than the average men. Meaning that 80% of women die widowed. So because you are likely to outlive your husband if you're married, you need to know this, my dear sister. You gotta save and invest even more for your retirement than he does. Why? Because you are more likely to be part of the 80% of women who outlive their husband, meaning that you live longer than he will, and therefore you need to save more than he does. So if your husband is out here saving 10% of his annual salary for retirement, I urge you to aim for 12% of your annual salary that you need to save for your financial retirement as well. And this is regardless whether or not he will leave you money or not. You need to plan accordingly for your future as well. And because women live longer, it only makes sense for you not to be 
so passive in your current family financial life. Why do I say this? It's simple. By outliving him, there comes a time where you're going to be in a position where you need to take care of the family financial circumstance. And if you are currently not involved, not aware as to what is going on in your financial life, in your household, it's going to be really hard for you to know how to pick up pace if your husband is not there. I see way too many women simply relying on the fact that their husband takes care of the finance and they're absolutely comfortable being passive and not aware of what is currently happening with the financial circumstance. And that's a problem. You may outlive him. You got to equip yourself to know how to deal with that. No one, and I repeat, no one should be so passive with their personal finance, married or not, that they do not even know the total amount of debt that the household carries, that they have no access to the accounts that they carry in the household. No knowledge of your husband's net worth. No knowledge of your own net worth. No knowledge of what is it that he makes as a salary. No knowledge as to what is it that you make as a salary. No knowledge if there's any insurance. What are the insurance? What are the policy? What's the premium? What's the amount? No knowledge whether or not there is a will in place. As a matter of fact, you should each have your own will in place. You need to be active in your personal financial journey. I say this, my sisters, because I have seen far too often too many women because of lack of knowledge of everything that I've just mentioned become ill-prepared in case of their spouse's death, in case of a divorce, God forbid, in case of a terrible illness that causes their spouse to no longer be able to take care of the financial state of the family, leaving it into their care to care for their family finances. And these women being absolutely ill-prepared because they relied on their spouse's financial knowledge and did not care to improve their own financial literacy so that they can become active participants in the journey. I tell you this, my sister, you should never delegate your financial 
business to anyone, not your advisor, not your spouse. Delegate, and I mean by that in the sense of making yourself absent completely from it, leaving decision completely at their hand and you not being aware of what is occurring with your own money. That's why I asked you, what's going on with your money? Do you know what's happening with your money? And I hate to say this, but 51% of marriage end up in divorce. And while I am a huge advocate for marriage and a firm believer in marriage, we have to be mindful of the statistic. 51% of marriage end up in divorce. And because of that, you also see women losing in those circumstances. Either they are financially dependent on their spouse or they are not truly aware of the state of his finances and they find themselves either having to sell the home, unable to make payments, thinking they were going to receive spousal support, seeing spouses shield their assets and them not being aware or having any knowledge on where or what those assets are because while they were married, they didn't care to find out and blindly trusted. I'm all for trust. But sister, it's time for you to wake up. It's time for each and every one of us to wake up and no longer be blind. So how do we remove the blind veil from our eyes, you ask? Well, if you're single, start investing. Become serious about your investment. Automate it, 12% of your annual income. And make sure that you reduce your liability by paying off your debt so that you can increase your net worth. In marriage, whether you are the one who takes care of the family financial affair or not, refuse, and I repeat, refuse to be a bystander. A couple that plan financially together and are on the same page with their financial goal and journey are even less likely to fight about money, which reduces the rate of divorce because the number one cause of divorce is financial. And if you are gainfully employed, also make a priority to invest part of your income. The pre-tax account investment. Take advantage of that. Verify what your work and see what pension plan is part of your work and invest don't just invest the minimum, but invest as much as you can. Aim for at least 12% of your income. Invest your money. 
If not, invest it in a tax-free savings account and invest your money in an RSP account. Invest your money. To all my mothers out there, regardless of how old you are, I know sometimes hearing these talk on financial independence may make you feel like you're far behind. I want you to know that there's no such thing. Yes, it's great to invest early on in your 20s and your 30s, but regardless of how old you are in your 40s, 50s, 60s, it is never, never too late to take control over your personal finance. It is never too late to invest your money. So start today and don't worry too much about the fact that you did not in your 20s and your 30s. If you can invest more than 12%, if you cannot just invest as much as you can, make sure that you're taking control over your finance at this stage. If you're looking into retiring soon, make sure that you verify with your HR human resource from work. Find out what's the package that's in place for you. If you wanted to retire early, if you wanted to not retire early, but at the retirement age, what's the package? What are the benefits in place for you? Truly start becoming an active participant in your journey and take control of your finances. To anyone, any of my sisters in your employment, start becoming bold in being your biggest advocate by arming yourself and keeping a record of the contribution that you bring to your place of employment, the projects that you've successfully led, teamwork, that you have undertaken or participated in, the contribution that you have brought. Keep a record in a binder and prepare yourself to sell your achievement at your next review. You deserve this raise. You deserve the raise and be prepared to ask for it. Arm yourself. You deserve it. So go for it. Be bold. In business, to all my entrepreneur and business sisters, there are a lot of annual grants out there for women leading businesses. Google research, become familiar with what they are and how they can apply to you and make sure to apply for these grants. They will allow you to utilize the money so that you can reduce the amount of money that you spend out of pocket for your expenses. So take control over that. Statistics show that women are better investors than men are. We have a heart to better manage risk of investments. We are less likely to pull out of investments prematurely and change from portfolio to portfolio. We hold investments longer and better. So be confident in knowing that. We simply need to be more risk 
takers in our investments. But sisters, you are a great investor. So don't sleep on those skills. Start investing today. It's time to level up our financial game. I am here for you. I am rooting for you. I know that you can and you're capable of doing it. So don't wait until tomorrow. Don't wait until 2020. We're in July of 2019. Start today. I leave you with this, my dear sisters. By 2030, it is predicted that women will control two-thirds of private wealth, either by earning their wealth, by inheriting it, or managing it for their household. Or, frankly, even a combination of all of the above. While this sounds extremely great, women controlling two-thirds of the private wealth we need to be prepared for it. And by remaining less involved in our personal financial life, we are doing a disservice to our family. So please sisters, take this call for action seriously. Because as the economic and financial power is placed in your hands, Women, we need to be stronger and more knowledgeable in knowing how to take care of the wealth that will be placed in our hands by 2030, managing two-thirds of it. My sisters, mothers, daughters, let's equip ourselves with the financial knowledge needed to properly manage, manage it for ourselves, for our families, for our children, so that we can grow and build wealth and pass the knowledge and the wealth down to our children for generation to generation. Sis, I'm here to see you level up your financial game. And as you listen to this episode, I know that you will do absolutely that. So make sure that you visit us at www.financiallysavvygirl.ca and send us an email on how you are leveling up your financial game in 2019. Also make sure that you follow the podcast for future episodes and follow us on Instagram at financially underscore savvy girl. And also on Facebook, Financially Savvy Girl. Until next time, be financially savvy.